Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nalin. Uh, Eric, uh, this is our weekly uh, segment called Inside, or excuse me, called State of the Program. Uh, and last week when we talked on this program, Texas was sitting at seven commitments. Uh, today, less than a week later, or right at a week later, excuse me, Texas is at 15 commitments. Uh, yeah. Bowie, no doubt, uh, inserted off last Thursday by the pledge of Arch Manning, the nation's number one prospect uh, in the class of 2023. Yeah, well, I think the arch effect was going to be big. I think everybody understood that. But uh, I think everybody's shocked by this. Even even the staff is, is probably surprised at how easy it's come since then. Uh, but momentum is a very real thing. Uh, we've seen it in uh, recruiting in the past where, you know, a class can just take off like this. But this is, uh, this is to me, is unprecedented. Landing a whole offensive line class in one day is absurd. Yeah, no, no doubt, right? So uh, Texas, uh, let's recap it a little bit so, so people really get a true sense of just how far this, the program has come in one week, right? Sure. Not only does Arch Manning uh, commit, Texas then immediately has 15 official visitors on campus, of which four had already committed. So right. that, leaves, that leaves 11 that were uncommitted. Well, uh, First things happen on Saturday, Texas gets a pledge from Leonie LaFau, uh, linebacker out of Kahuku, who wasn't even on his official visit. He had visited two weeks ago. So, uh, you know, that puts him up to that puts him up to nine commitments. And then on sat on Sunday or actually late on late on Friday, we had heard at least one player had already committed to the Texas staff. Right. Uh, we didn't want to give up that name or whatever. But Sunday comes. And Jonah Wilson, the wide receiver out of Spring to Caney, who I think is an interesting take by the Longhorns, by the way. Yeah, me too. Um, commits, bringing it up to nine. And then the offensive lineman in succession, all four that visited uh, committed to the Longhorns, giving them five for the, the weekend of those 11 that he committed. And then yesterday, to top it off, Derek Williams, one of the nation's top safeties, one of the top two or three players in the state of Louisiana, joins uh, the Longhorn uh, commitment list, choosing Texas over Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, et cetera. Um, that means six of the 11 players that were uncommitted prior to the weekend have now committed to Texas, and Texas is involved still with all other five. So it's it's just right. been yeah, – with, with you know, what do you think? I mean, well, there's a pull, there's a pull forward uh, force with Arch. Anybody that was close was they were able to pull in. Anybody that was a little more distant, they were able to pull a little closer. So Anthony Hill is an example is somebody that they were able to pull closer. Connor Stroh is somebody they were able to pull all the way in. So Arch did his job to pull forward. Now the staff has to get those guys that are are close but not quite across the line. That, they've got to get those guys across. Now the problem is, the further you get from that that Arch shock. Uh, the more you need more momentum to keep it going. And that's why I think Derek Williams was very big yesterday. That's a high profile, sort of a surprise commit. It, was, it wasn't it was surprising in the end, but it was surprising how much ground they made up over the weekend. 
Of course, they were helped by Alabama getting Tony Mitchell. But, man, Tony uh, Terry Joseph had, had his hooks into that guy for a very long time. Uh, they always reciprocated interest. Uh, and so while we were surprised at how quickly it came about, we weren't surprised that they were able to win that one. But they needed to keep momentum going. They need to keep pulling in some guys like that. Um, before we go further, I need to uh, correct a mistake I made on a video. I think it was either yesterday or the day before. I said Texas had two commitments from uh, the state of uh, Louisiana. Texas has three, and I apologize for that. Arch Manning, Derek Williams, and, of course, the tight end. The first commitment from the state of Louisiana in this class, Will Randall out of Isidore Newman. So I apologize uh, that's just, for that that's, and, and, Bobby, we have to say that's just three for now. Yes. I And, and we were talking about this. I mean, you know, not only is are, are those three possibilities, uh, and I and we've, we've mentioned this, but you have Jordan Matthews, uh, who Justin Wells, I thought, wrote a great piece today on Inside Texas. Uh, the, the cornerback out of um, Baton Rouge Woodlawn, uh, Texas continues to 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 be a, a favorite there, uh, right. and I think that you know you look at that, and then Zalance Hurd has renewed interest in Texas as well. The big lineman out of West Monroe. Yeah, I think there's a good pull forward force on Jordan Matthews. Uh, Justin and I were at the same seven on seven event in the Woodlands uh, in March, and, and we came away going, "Well, that guy's going to Texas." Um, but now I think it's you know it, I think it could be a matter of days on that. Um, you know, he, he's supposed to be at the barbecue in July. He's going to take his official visit for the Alabama game, I believe. Uh, but they might be able to get him in the boat beforehand just because of that. And then, yeah, Zalance Hurd's going to be a very tough pull. Um, you know, there might be some favorability towards LSU within his circle. Uh, but, but Texas is going to be right in it, and it definitely caught his attention. He was supposed to be on an official visit. I'm sure Jerry had already mentioned on one of your uh, uh, podcasts or video casts that that he actually reached out to Sark while he while he's uh, was, wasn't able to make it. So I think that that fence is mended and, and they're going to they're going to stay on in the rest of the way. Now that they have tons of leverage, uh, having four offensive linemen, they've got the, the privilege of time to just wait that one out and go full gun, full guns blazing towards uh, landing herd. Talk about the offensive line, right? Texas grabs four over the weekend, had no offensive line commits prior to the weekend. Kyle Flood dominoes on all four guys he brought in. Right. Um, there has been, and to be fair, there has been some say, well, are these guys as good as the guys last year? Why are they going after these guys versus some other guys nationally ranked or what have you? Um, what are your overall thoughts on, on that question? Well, I think the, the classes are complementary. You have a bunch of guys in the 2022 class that are going to play early. And then in this class, you have guys that are going to be on a longer developmental curve that aren't going to be uh, getting an itchy trigger finger to hit the portal if they're not playing right away. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, the fun part about offensive line and, and what makes it really difficult is how much of it is about projection. So you want guys on very good trend lines. And I know people, some people see Connor Stroh and uh, you know, maybe he's a little, he looks a little out of shape, but where was he a year ago? You know, he was over 400 pounds a year ago. Uh, and he was injured. That was part of the reason. So um, I think he's more on, on a late developmental curve. And I think he's going to look a lot different. So, you know, this time last year, if, if we were mentioning Cam Williams as one of the best offensive linemen in the country, I would have called you crazy. I'm not saying Stroh's going to make that type of jump, but I think that he is his best football is way down the road. Uh, obviously, Andre Kojo is very young for his grade. Uh, that's another exciting thing about him. Where would Andre Kojo rank if we were ranking by 16 year olds instead of by grade? Uh, I imagine he'd be a lot rated a lot higher than he is now. And then Jane Chapman, I think he's one of the guys that would would uh, he'd belong in the previous class. He's he's gonna he's got the chance to play early. If he didn't have these guys in front of him, it's gonna be a little bit tougher road because he's a year behind him. Uh, so he's he's more of a top notch 
And then Gooseby, I love the projection. You know, he's more of a offensive tackle that probably the previous staff would have taken, more of a, someone that you're going to grow into the future offensive tackle. But they have the time to do it because they've got Kelvin Banks. Uh, they've got Cameron Cameron Williams. Even Neto can play. Uh, so so they've got the, the time on, on their side on that. So I really like the offensive line class when measured against the previous class. If this, this was uh, 2022, it might not be good enough to get Arch Manning across the – Cross uh, into the class, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. I mean, I think that um, it's how they meld together and how they mesh together. It's not uh, two classes independent of one another. It's how they come together as as a team in, in that focal point. Uh, Jerry compared Chapman a little bit to Neto Umiozulu from last year's class. You see that a little bit too, where he could be a tackle or a guard. Yeah, I think that's uh, if you were going to, you know, measure him against anybody in the class, it would be Neto for sure. Yeah, right tackle or guard. Maybe guard is, is his best position, uh, but he's got the feet to play right tackle. I feel pretty confident about that. The thing about it is Cameron Williams is probably going to have that position locked up at 2023 at the latest. Uh, the good thing about that is that puts everybody in their ideal position. Too many times we've seen Texas have these offensive lines of, of guys playing out of position. Hey, this guy would have been a good guard, but we were forced to play him at tackle. And then now all of a sudden fans are like, oh, he's a terrible tackle. Well, he shouldn't be playing tackle. He's taking one for the team. First part about football is getting right, the right pieces in the right places. And that's what this offensive line is going to do with Kelvin Banks at left tackle, Cam Williams on right tackle. Then pretty much any, everybody else in recruiting we know can play guard. Yeah, I, I think that's a great, great point. Um, um, switching gears a little bit after talking about the offensive line, I want to go back to Arch Manning. Um, for people who have not watched him play and for people who have, okay, who would you draw a comparison to um, from your history of watching uh, recruits uh, coming out? And uh, what, who are the guys that you think he reminds you of? Yeah, I'd have to think about that a little bit. Um, I know that uh, I think the on three Charles Powers put Andrew Luck and I don't, I don't necessarily hate that except for Luck was a, sort of a luck is more in the Ben Roethlisberger sort of mold, uh, you know, kind of a bigger, more lumbering sort of guy. I think Arch is a better athlete than that. Um, though, you know, he's not, you're not going to run him as much probably, but that, that release is what really throws me off. Uh, it's very quick. Uh, it's abrupt. I, I, to me, when you watch the footwork, he looks like a Manning, you know, and the really, the way the ball tends to wobble over time and it, but still get there right on target. To me, it looks like a Manning. That's probably the best comparison I have. Who do you have as, as far as high school goes? You know, I think I think is I think he's more Eli than Peyton. Um, I think he's a little bit better athlete than Peyton was at the same time frame. Uh, Peyton was very, uh, having watched him, he was very robotic. Uh, Arch is not as robotic as Peyton was. Not yeah. to say that obviously it worked. I mean, different styles work, right? It's not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Um, you know, denigrating one over the other or choosing one other. But um, Arch and and. Um, Eli were a little bit more similar in that they're a little bit more gunslingery. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense to you? Well, I mean, the first clip, the first clip that won me over of him was as, as a freshman, I was like, all right, I'll watch, but I bet this kid is all hype. And it was a very athletic release on the move. And I was like, Oh, Holy crap. He's going to be a five-star. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, uh, that, that really, uh, just, it, there, there's a mechanical release and then there's an athletic release and gunslingers tend to have that athletic release. Uh, Quinn Ewers has that athletic release. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, Hudson card has a very good arm, but I think as live as it is, it tends to be a little more mechanical at times. Uh, so there's just a difference when you see it. Yeah. I, th I think that's, those are good, good discussion points. Um, let's talk about Jonah Wilson. Um, 
And, and the reason I want to bring him up, uh, Texas, uh, six foot two, 200 pound or so wide receiver out of spring to Caney. There's some thought, uh, would Texas offer him? Would Texas uh, take him, et cetera? Texas never wavered there, it didn't appear. Um, there are other guys uh, that are outside receivers. Jalen Hale is still out there, and they may still go after those guys. But, um, you know, he's a guy that, that Brennan Marion and Steve Sarkeesian pinpointed after watching at a high school basketball game right when Marion got the job, basically. Right, right. And they didn't, they did not slow down on that. Um, yeah. Is this, do you feel like this is one of those where they just, they like the combination of everything involved, the hands, the route running, the, the athleticism, uh, maybe, maybe some intangibles there like desire. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that because you do, you live fairly close down there to uh, DeCaney. So uh, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, when I saw him as a sophomore, I thought he was going to blow up and be really big time, really. Uh, and, you know, he picked up Ohio State, and that made sense to me. And then, you know, things kind of tailed off a little bit. It wasn't until Brendan Marion got to, uh, to Texas that they really started taking an interest, and he moved way up the board. Uh, so he was clearly a Marion guy first and foremost. Um, like you said, they went to that basketball game, and I think he probably went over Sark a little bit. Uh, you know, all you need to know is that they took him three days after Arch Manning committed. You know, that tells you how high they are on him. They could have waited things out. They probably could have even said, hey, man, slow your roll a little bit. You know, take your time. Go, go see another school or something. They probably could have done that if they wanted. Uh, but they took him right away. So that tells you all that uh, all you need to know from the, the staff standpoint. But I, I do think he's a well-rounded wide receiver. And sometimes those guys just uh, are, are able to win through the whole the, the you know, Jack of all trades, master of none sort of ability to play the position. You know, Jackson Smith, Nigel probably has some of that, maybe a little bit quicker uh, initial quickness than uh, than Jonah. But Jonah's really good at running under the ball. You throw it out there and he's going to go get it. I really like that about him. I think he's got the ability to turn into a really good route runner. Uh, probably the, the, the perfect sort of uh, player to put in the boundary. Um, you know, three ways to win there on the ground. Uh, separation, using your body going over there, or running past people. And I think he's got elements of all, all three in his game. Well, you look at, I, I think Texas fans that now have seen Sark's offense one year plus the spring game where they saw Quinn Ewers connect with Isaiah Nayor downfield. That's, that's, you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, all of a sudden that makes a, a player like Jonah Wilson, if you have a quarterback that can get the ball there, yeah, that guy all of a sudden makes a heck of a lot of sense for your offense. Yeah, given all the pieces that Sark has in the offense and how he uses the whole field, I think uh, the boundary receiver is going to see more single coverage than they typically do. And so, you know, you want a guy that's going to be able to ex exploit it downfield, and I, I think he fits that. You know, he's – I like him. He's just a smooth, all-around good player. Maybe yeah. nothing – maybe nothing – maybe not one aspect stands out about him, but he's good at everything. Uh, I do I, – I did talk to one high school coach down there um, that uh, follows uh, that, that uh, district. He said he's got really, really smooth hands. Yep, so that's a big point. Yeah, he said he's got really, really smooth hands. All right, um, next question for you. Uh, Texas also picked up on Saturday. We mentioned Leone Lafau, uh, a linebacker out of Kahuku, Hawaii, committed. You and I did a video about him on Saturday. Um, you really like him as an inside linebacker, like a true inside linebacker. Is that correct? Yeah, that's his number one position. I think he'll probably be uh... – He'll probably play what Jalen Ford plays would be my, my best guess. Maybe he could play the other, uh, the Will linebacker, where we see uh, Overshone and Benda, uh, but I'm not sure he's quite that athlete. I think he profiles to fit in right behind uh, uh, where, where Ford is, and Burrell will probably play that, that Will maybe outside. And then, you know, of course, you're still going after Anthony Hill. But, yeah, he's a good, he's a good piece. 
Gotcha. Um, chose uh, Texas over uh, Utah, uh, I think Oregon, and there was a couple other, Nebraska, some others as well. Um, the next guy that I want to ask you about actually is the, the, another player that has not taken his official, official visit, but is somehow related as a friendship or, and, or, uh, uh, I think it's just friendship, uh, to Sili Akana, um, another, uh, Hawaiian or Islander, uh, that's also looking at Texas. Let people tell people a little bit about him and how that all ties in together with Texas's pursuit of, uh, not only LaFau, but also Akana. Well, yeah, what, what Texas has a couple points there is, you know, obviously LaFau is committed now and they're, they're both uh, spent time at Kahuku High School, Kahuku of Hawaii, uh, and Akana's sister just transferred from Nebraska to Texas to play volleyball. That one caught our eyes. Once we heard about that, we wrote a piece on him immediately because, you know, that's, uh, you know, that, that might be too big of a coincidence. So, um, you know, what I've heard is that he's going to visit in the spring. Now, the interesting part is he's an edge outside linebacker, first and foremost. And that, that, that position might start filling up here pretty quickly. So I want to see if they stay on him the whole way. I sense they would because he's really talented uh, and they seem to be just loading up on as many athletic big guys as they, as they can. Uh, but that's going to get interesting. But I think maybe more, more in the fall around October, I think he's going to visit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got you. And, and that would coincide with the volleyball season, right? So the parents could probably come out, uh, see the, see the daughter as well. Um, you know, Texas likely not done this week in recruiting, uh, is how we feel. Correct. I mean, even though they've gotten, went from seven commits to eight within the last week, yeah. uh, your educated opinion. And I know, I know, I know the answer to this because you and I have texted and talked outside <laughs> of this, this, uh, video yeah. interview, but, uh, your educated opinion is Texas still got more work to do or more results coming in this week, right? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, you know as well as I do since we share so much information. But yeah, I would I would be shocked if they were done this week. I don't even know how that could be possible. Uh, but you know, the thing about it is, so many guys don't set direct timelines, so it's hard to know. I, I don't want to sit there and say definitively that you're going to get a, uh, a commitment at noon. You know, that doesn't ne- happen nearly as much, especially with the staff. The staff is clearly trying to, to, to build suspense with the way that they're acting on uh, social media that, you know, they want to drive intrigue. So there's not a lot of set timelines. Uh, people are just kind of popping out of nowhere. But um, shoot, what do we have? I don't know how many commitment stories we have written right now. Probably seven or eight. Right. And when I say seven or eight, I mean guys that are going to end up in the class. We probably have 15 guys that, that have fallen off at some point. We're like, all right, could happen, might happen. Um, yeah, I mean, there's four or five guys that could theoretically happen today. But I don't yeah. know. We don't know for sure or when. Yeah, it, we just we just don't. Billy Walton waiting to hear what he decides. The South Oak Cliff uh, defensive end, edge rusher, uh, committed uh, or had committed to Oklahoma State, but backed off of that commitment last night uh, via tweet. He is also one of those guys that visited the Longhorns over the weekend. Uh, who are the other guys that have yet to make a decision uh, for the Longhorns that visited over the weekend? Uh, I'm, I'm looking down the list right now. And it looks like to me, I mean, if, if I'm not uh, mistaken here, uh, you, 
Texas is in a situation where they're trying to finish out uh, the guys that are close to your point. You know, you called them the pull them closer and or you pull them in and then you pull them closer. The other guys are Anthony Hill uh, out of uh, Denton Ryan, the linebacker, uh, one that we haven't talked about yet, but certainly deserves a lot of mention. And that's Jonte Cook, the wide receiver out of yep. uh, DeSoto. Darian Gallette, another blue chipper. Uh, out of Marlin, uh, we think he may be close to making a decision. We don't know for sure. Um, Braylon Shelby uh, out of uh, uh, Friendswood, an edge prospect who we think is down to Texas and USC, or at least that's what it looks like uh, at this point. Uh, and then that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, so those four you've got. Anthony Hill is a pull closer. Uh, Darian Gallette is a pull in. Jonte Cook to me is a pull in. Uh, and Braylon Shelby is on the line of pull closer and pull in. I think he wanted to go home and talk it over with his family. We haven't heard uh, if he's going to extend his timeline and, and take more time. Anthony Hill, we do expect him to take his last official visit in, at the end of July. I believe that's A&M. Uh, and so he'll, he'll, he'll look for a decision at the end of or uh, in August before his, his season starts. Uh, I think they made up tremendous ground on Anthony Hill. I, I don't think it's a stretch to call Texas the leader, uh, but he's a pull closer and not a pull in. Gallette is the one I'm really watching. Um, you know, he's been in contact with the staff since the official visit just ended the other day. Uh, you know, I think it sets up well for him. They've been very aggressive. Uh, uh, Jeff Choate has done a masterful job on, on recruiting him in ways that appeal to him. Was, you know, we're going we're gonna to play on the edge and, and rush you outside. But at the same time, we're going we're gonna to teach you the, the nuances of off-the-ball linebacker play because he is very raw in that regard. Um, and I think that I think the way that they're showing tomorrow, the, what I know of how they're showing the defense and spring fo uh, footage, it's going to appeal to a guy like Darian Gillette with uh, Demarvin Overshown coming off the edge. So that that cell is going to going to appeal to him. So I, I think that I think Gillette is on the cusp of being a pull in guy, and everybody's paying attention to Jonte Cook. He's kind of been on the ledge for a long time. Yeah, I mean, Longhorns just profile so well with him, and he apparently and and Sart apparently get along really well off the field. I mean, they're. They're, uh, they, they, uh, I think Jante likes the offense and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sark think, likes the, the ability, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think he's looking at Texas the same way Arch Manning did. Like, this is the best spot for me. And I have a great relationship with a coach. So why overthink it? You know? Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, Braylon Shelby down to USC in Texas. Uh, we don't know his timeline though, right? Um, no, I, you know, I know, I know Texas feels pretty good about them, but they don't feel great. You know, you know, when they feel great on somebody and, and you know, when they're like, well, we're in a good spot, but it's not quite, you know, it's not exactly where we want to be. Uh, it's hard for me to see him, uh, pass on Texas, given everything that's going on. Uh, but you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to report on my intuition, going to report on my information and, uh, information right now is like, okay, you know, maybe 60% to Texas, 40% USC, but that's a, that's still a pretty big probability to, to USC, but it's hard for me to see him going far away from home when Texas has all this going on right now. Gotcha. Um, as we're texting, as we're cutting this, uh, Texas has picked up a commitment. Uh, the question I have right now is whether or not it is a walk-on commitment, Eric, or uh, a, uh, uh, a scholarship when we don't know uh, as of right now. We may know it by the time we finish this. If not, you can check InsideTexas.com later. Tate Haver, uh, a, uh, a uh, long snapper, has committed to Texas. He's out of Sa San Jose Oaks Christian High School in California. Texas took a scholarship long snapper last year in Lance St. Louis out of Arizona. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see whether or not this is a scholarship. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go ahead and say that it's probably not. I mean, he's a Westlake Village kid, California. That means that out-of-state tuition probably won't hurt. Um, they just got a long snapper. If you can go by high ceilings uh, and high floor on long snappers, <laughs> Lance St. Louis has it. His dad was drafted by the Bengals in 2000. He played in the league for nine years. So you talk about genetics and, and sports and how silly they are. But So I don't think they're going to burn a scholarship on Tate Haber. Now, that's not to say anything negative of Tate. I see here that he is a five-star Rubio long snapper. We all know what that is. He's six foot, 220. That kind of profiles to a guy that's strong in the middle, but also can run downfield and maybe make some tackles. Um, that's interesting. He's saying, I'm waiting to see. It's not saying whether it's, he does say that he's been offered, but he doesn't say whether it's offered a scholarship or a walk-on. Eric, this, is a, this brings up a good question that you and I don't necessarily have all the answers to right now. There's talk of eliminating the 85-man limit. So if that's the case, this could easily be a scholarship offer. Yeah, I mean, if they, you know, if, if, if they get rid of that, like they, they might get rid of the, uh, the, the cap on number of on-field coaches, it's just going to benefit Texas. Every, every rule that's come out in the last five years has benefited Texas, and it's just whether or not they're going to take full advantage of it. And uh, right now they're in, they're, they have the sort of leadership that is going to take full advantage of all these new rules. No doubt. Um, question, uh, next piece. One of the big players still remaining on the board, obviously, is the, uh, the nation's number one running back, uh, Cedric Baxter, uh, out of uh, Orlando's Edgewater High School. Uh, Texas, of course, already has a commitment from Trey Wisner, uh, the very talented in-state back out of DeSoto, uh, teammate of uh, Jonte Cook there. Uh, but Baxter came out today uh, and uh, said that he is down to four schools now, Texas, Texas A&M, Miami, and Florida. So it's either in-state or the state of Texas for Cedric Baxter. Yeah, latest we heard was that it was between the two Texas schools, which I kind of liked because that meant that he wasn't uh, worried about leaving the region. You know, that's a tough, tough thing that you have to get over. Um, you know, is the kid even going to go far from home? And, and if that's really his top two, then it suggests that he will. And that benefits Texas. Of course, A&M, uh, he just spent a lot of time with Jimbo. Uh, so it's, it's tough to make make what uh, what's real out of that. You know, I, it's hard. For, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say Texas just because there's all kinds of stuff going on there. You know, it's who knows? It could go anywhere. But Hopefully he makes a decision relatively soon. I think the sooner he makes a decision, it probably does benefit Texas um, because we know he was leaning pretty hard after the arch information. He just tweeted right now and I've got him on notification. So I had to check that out. <laughs> yeah, the, the, life of, the life of a recruiting reporter, when the news is actually breaking all around you, this past week has been something that uh, yeah. between the two of us, we could probably, you know, write a few chapters of a book out of it. You know? Normally I have one guy on notification, like, all right, this guy's going to go in three days or something, put him on notifications. Now we have, I don't know, 10 guys on notifications. And <laughs> but I feel like tip of the horn who operates our prospect board, basically is the unofficial moderator of the prospect board. I don't know how he gets these tweets up so fast. He's got to have a hundred people on notifications, but I feel like Kim this week. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't know. He's got a video. So I wish I could watch this right now, but who knows? Well, here's a question for you, Eric. Uh, just, taking it back to the very, very beginning of what we discussed when we opened the state of the program here. You know, you look at the last week in Texas football. I mean, there is no question in my mind that Texas has been the talk of the college football world for the last week. Yeah. It started with, with Arch Manning, but it didn't stop there. How important is it for Texas to continue that momentum in your, in your mind? 
Yeah, he was the earthquake, and now you need some more aftershocks to keep it going, man. Keep keep uh, rampaging through the country. Um, you know, it, you do have to keep it going. Um, there, there's two ways to ultimately just really blow the top off, and and they've got one of them in the boat. And that's Arch. The other way is they have to to play well on the field. You know, if they do both of those, then they're off and running for you know the foreseeable future, at least from a talent standpoint. Um, but that was step one. Step two is going to be on the field. They do need to close up with these guys that that they can pull in the clash right now. I like I like the approach. Get all the guys that you know you can get. That gives you more time during the offseason to really focus on the the true the true uh, remaining uh, cream of the crop. You know the David Hicks guys. Any guys that are on a longer timeline, it's theoretical to me that Anthony Hill will wait even longer. Whoever those guys are, but get all those pull forward guys in the boat that you can, and that includes Malik Muhammad, Jonte Cook. You know if you can get those guys, you got to do it, and that helps keep the momentum going. And you know one guy helps you get the next guy. Jordan Matthews. Um, yeah, Matthews feel good there. Yep. Um, David Hicks, uh, lineman out of Katie Paytow is another one that Texas still wants, uh, has had some contact recent of late, but we think it's uh, primarily A&M and OU still. But again, I think this is the one that as the season wears on and if he visits in the fall, then it, it can become a new recruitment for Texas, right, for the, the state's number one rated defensive line prospect. Yeah, I mean, I've never written him off, but it was always going to take, you know, getting Arch and playing well in the field. Well, one, one of those factors is in the house and, and uh, the other one remains to be seen, but there's a lot of optimism. Uh, defense is going to have to play better. One thing they're, they're going to have the ability to sell is the uh, ability for immediate playing time. Um, you know, the depth chart of defensive tackle is going to thin quite a bit after this season. Uh, and, you know, if you're looking at A&M, they're stacked for the foreseeable future until that portal takes its toll. And then, uh, and then OU is probably going to struggle. So, uh, I know he's got his best relationship with the coach over there at, at OU, but Texas has a chance to make up a lot of ground. And I'm not saying they will, but sometimes you can see it from a ways out there where, you know, this one's not over, even though things aren't looking great right now. It's interesting, Eric. Um, you mentioned defensive lineman. Sadir Mitchell is one of those guys that, that Arch Manning is continuing to recruit as well. A uh, yep. big defensive lineman out of, uh, uh, out of uh, New Jersey that, that came into Texas for an official visit. Uh, is thought to be deciding between Texas, Georgia, and Texas A&M as well. Um, Eric, let, let's step away from recruiting, but I know it's hard to do that whenever the world has been going on around us in the last week and it's been a whirlwind. Uh, what are you hearing right now on, uh, you, you posted something that I thought was great on, on Sunday afternoon about some of what you're hearing behind the scenes uh, with player workouts actually, of the guys actually already on campus. Yeah, they're basically going from their summer one phase to phase two. And that, that just means the work the workload is going to get more difficult. You know, the, uh, the past Friday was Fridays have traditionally been their, their toughest conditioning day. And then this last Friday was the toughest one they've had all summer. And so now, now they get to go into the phase two where all those days are going to be a little bit more difficult. And so I, I think that the team is really embracing uh, that aspect of it. We continue to do the same things, same good things about the same players for the most part. Uh, offense, the wide receivers are fast as heck, but the DBs are doing a good job keeping up with them. Even though the wide receivers are testing better, the DBs are more than holding their own uh, when it comes to seven on seven. So it's, it's a lot more of the same. Uh, Brennan Thompson, of course, he put uh, he put a player in the blenders is what the way it was worded to me and then just took off extremely smooth. It was a good player. He he, uh, he worked over too. I'm not going to put his name out there just because, you know, people start memeing him or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, both quarterbacks on campus, trying to do, trying to win the job, right? Yeah, I didn't really write anything about them just because I asked and said, yeah, more of the same. You know, whatever you wrote in the spring is what, what applies right now. And so, you know, sometimes they look great on throws and sometimes not so much. Arm talent's there for both of them. 
they're both doing a good job of, of being leaders. They're both, they're both well-liked on the team. Uh, they like each other. Uh, there's no animosity there. Um, you know, they're just competing for it. But right now, you know, I don't – I'm letting that one sleep because there's not really anything to write. There's going to be plenty, plenty of time to write about quarterbacks. Uh, but right now there's no news there. All right. Uh, Eric, I think that'll do it for this week's state of the program. Uh, Eric, uh, we have a special offer right now for folks on Inside Texas. Why don't you tell them about it? Yeah, it's called the UT Was offer. Uh, $1 for four months. Um, <laughs> uh, the reason we call that is because, you know, that some of these guys are, are brand new on the site and, uh, you know, that it's just a new culture for them. And so we kind of have to assimilate them in and, and uh, welcome them the right way. And so, uh, yeah, but come check us out. We're going to, if you don't know a lot about football, but you really like it and you're taking a rooting interest, latch on to some of the guys there and you'll learn a lot real fast. Some of the people that, that work at Inside Texas are the people that I learned from personally. So uh, it's a great place to come. It, it's, uh, you know, the, the community is, is really good. It's strong, especially right now. Everybody's on the same page and enjoying uh, the upside of what the program has to offer for the first time in a very long time. So, uh, yeah, come check us out. A dollar for four months, you have nothing to lose. And that'll overlap you into our, our practice reports. If you care more about the team, recruiting is only somewhat exciting right now. We'll check out how we write in August. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Eric Nalene, publisher, InsideTexas.com. Thanks for your time. That's been this week's State of the Program. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.